Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Scotch and Dumplings. Um, I'm here with uh, Christina Hewing. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. It's been a while. How have you been? I have been good. I mean, it's so hard. It's been a couple of years, so it's hard to be like, I'm good, because there's been good, there's been bad, there's been in between, but right now I'm, I'm doing really well. Cool, cool. So today I want to talk about modeling, cooking, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, so let's, let's jump into it. My favorite topics. Um, I always see on your stories that you're cooking bomb-ass food. And I, I always comment, I'm like, when are you going to write a cookbook? So, so, <laughs> so actually, there's been a development in this. I don't think I've even told you this yet. I, I can't remember if I have or not. But in quarantine, so I've always loved cooking. I absolutely love it. And I've always just done it for myself, for my family, for friends. And then I, I love um, – when I travel or when I go places learning to cook new things. Um, so that's kind of just always been my favorite thing to do. Um, it's like my de-stressor at the end of the day. So a development in quarantine, I, I realized, which I think a lot of people realized that I was really unfulfilled in my job. Like I work a desk job. I work a corporate job Monday through Friday, nine to five type of thing. And I realized in quarantine, I, I wasn't super fulfilled in that and I'm not happy. And it's not something that I want to do for the rest of my life. So I actually, I applied to culinary school in quarantine and uh, just got accepted. So I, it's still a little confusing because I have to figure out when I'm going and what campus just because of Corona. Obviously it's a really hands-on type of schooling. Um, But yeah, I have absolutely always loved cooking. Um, I learned from my mother who learned from her mother um, and it's just kind of been a way that my family has spent time together because we're a little bit larger. So like we, we cook together and that's been our family time. So it's been yeah, cool, like, very exci- I'm really excited about culinary school though. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you have like any like super favorite recipes that like you cook around the holidays with your family that you really love or like that have like great memories attached to them or. Yeah, good memories attached and probably like always my go-to is when I'm trying to impress someone because it seems super impressive, but it's actually really easy to make is homemade pasta. Um, Everybody thinks that, yeah, everyone thinks it's the hardest thing, but it's one of the easiest dishes to make, especially if you know how to do it. And I've got, I've done it multiple times. So anytime I'm cooking for someone who's like, oh, I I don't really cook. I don't know how to cook or whatever. It's a, a really easy people pleaser. And it's also just really fun to make. It's, it, it is really fun to cut the pasta and make all the sauces and stuff. And the best part is I actually learned how to make pasta in Italy. I was fortunate wow. enough to, to travel to Italy and my friend had a grandma there and I met up with her and she found out I loved cooking. We were talking and one thing led to another and she offered to teach me how to make pasta. And I learned how to make fresh homemade pasta in Italy. And, uh, it's a, it's a great way to connect with people as you're making the pasta also to tell them like, I learned from an Italian Nona how to make this. And that's usually my go-to that. And you get, the other thing is it's so easy because you can make it vegetarian super easily. You can make it vegan or uh, it's gluten-free, the kind that I make. Um, so yeah. So you make like the noodles, the sauce, everything. Yeah. Wow. And you learn from like the best way to learn how to make pasta. Like you didn't learn from a fucking like, college class or whatever like which, you which if you do works completely fine but there's right. something to be said about having an italian nona in italian someone translating for her and showing you how to work the dough with your hands so she taught me how to do it with my hands and with like a rolling pin but i also when i i mean for ease when, when i'm home i use my little cuisinart and i use like the pasta cutter so it it really 
cuts the time like in half, but it's still by hand and I still, I mean, I know how to do it. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about traveling too. Um, yeah. where, where have you been? I know that's like, a- oh, that's such a, that's a, I've been to, I've been really fortunate. I've been to a lot of places. It's easier to say where I haven't been. So uh, uh, there's only two continents I haven't been on yet, which is Antarctica and South America. Other than okay. that, I've been fortunate enough. I've been to every continent, uh, other the five other continents. Uh, I've been I've been pretty lucky. Um, my my mother and father divorced when I was three, and um, my mom loves to travel, but didn't have a husband to travel with. So she took my my brother and I. Uh, and since I was probably like eight or nine, we would take a family trip like once a year. It started off simple with like Mexico. And then got a little bigger. We did Hawaii and Alaska. And then after that, as we got a little bit older and could appreciate things a little bit more, we started to see Europe and uh, branch out a little bit further. And then I've, I've now, I've picked up a love for it and I do it with my friends as well. Um, yeah. So it's hard to say where have you been? Cause it's, it's a pretty exhaustive list, which is awesome. But okay, let me narrow it down a little bit. Where are some of your favorite places that you've been? Okay. So much easier. Still hard, but so much easier. Uh, my top two places I've ever been, and they are completely tied for first. I couldn't tell you which one I love more. Um, but they are South Africa. Uh, I went to Cape Town for a little bit. And then I went to, um, in the desert, um, Kruger National Park. That's the name of it. And I did a safari for like five or six days. And it's just wow. one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my life. You you wake up at like 4 a.m. and you watch the sun rise over the savanna and there's lions walking by you and just the noises. Really, it feels like you're in a Disney movie. Like it is the most unreal thing I've ever dealt with. Um, that and Florence, Italy. There's something about Florence, which is, most people wouldn't expect because when you think of Italy, you think of Rome or Milan or Venice. But for me, Florence had this certain air about it that when I was walking the streets, I just, it just was one of those moments where like everything felt right. Like you feel like you're in a movie, the people, the smells, the sounds, the food. So those are my absolute top, top two. But I have a, I have a long list of places that I would like to go, a long exhaustive list. And it's, you know, it's something that I am looking into being able to do because I think I, I don't think I can do culinary school for another year just because of Corona. Right. So I'm trying to figure out how to safely travel right now and, and kind of mark some of those things off of my bucket list. I think there are ways to go about it. I'm going to Australia in May. Um, awesome. I mean, obviously COVID permitting, but like, yeah. Yeah. I, I would hopefully like to make it to back to Japan as well. Have you been to Japan? It's on the top of my list. That is the number one place I want to oh, go right man. now. I have, and, you know, I have someone that lives there that's like, as soon as you buy a flight out here, like, I'll host you. But he was telling me that it's really difficult to get into right now. They're, they've really yeah. done a good job of lowering their cases, which is awesome. Um, so I'm going to – and you know what? That's one of those places that has been so high up on my list for so long that I don't want to go during corona because I want to really experience well, Japan what it yeah. is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to do a lot more of the U.S. because I've learned there's a lot of places that I haven't been in the U.S. that I'm 
interested in. And I've, I've been lucky enough to travel to a couple of those places during Corona too. Cause a lot of times if you get a test within 72 or 48 hours and show it's a negative test, you're usually set to travel. So that's probably what I'll start out doing. Do you drive or fly? Uh, if you go like us, I've done both. So I, when I went to Arizona, when I went to Nevada, I drove, I was going to drive to Utah, but ended up getting a last minute flight. Cause it was just, it was really, really cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, where else have I gone this year that I drove? I went to Sequoia. So I went like Northern California and I drove there. Um, but other than that, I've, I went to the East for a little bit. I went to New York and New Jersey. I went to Texas and I went to Utah and I flew to all of those places. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think, have you ever been to Canada? I have. So I haven't been to Canada since I was really little. That was one of those trips that uh, was one of the bigger trips we took when I was younger for my mom to kind of test the waters to see how we did. So we did an Alaskan and Canadian cruise back when cruises were actually cool. And before they were like, yeah, not as nice. They used to be really great. And it was a really great option for my mom to be able to travel, travel with two younger kids. Cause then, you know, they're not going to end up being taken somewhere. Like they're always on a ship type of thing. Uh, so I went to Canada. I was probably like eight or nine at the time. So I don't remember it very well. And I really, really want to go back, but they've also really limited the amount of Americans that can come through. But I did go to Alaska this year and that was one of my favorite trips I've ever taken. It was absolutely breathtaking. I was telling one of my other guests, um, that I lived in Alaska for like two months. Um, um, above Wasilla, like an hour. I I stayed in Wasilla. Oh, really? How funny. It was gorgeous. It's so weird, like, growing up here in California and, like, going over there. But then we took, uh, after my two months was up, we drove from Alaska through Canada down to Montana. And, like, that's so much natural beauty. Like, in Canada, like, there's bison, there's bears just on the side of the road. And, like, I don't know if you saw moose in Alaska, but they're everywhere. I was on a... I was on horseback doing like a trail ride with my then boyfriend and uh, we were, we're like on the horses and he like looks to the side and he's like, Oh my God, it's a moose. And it could have been really terrifying because it was a baby moose and the horses could have gotten spooked and run away. And that could have been really bad if mama had come by, but she didn't. So yeah, I got to see a moose on horseback in Alaska. Like who says that? Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty (laughs) sick. Um, I mean, the ones that I saw were bulls. So they were like the big males and they're fucking big. Huge. That's absolutely ginormous. The people that we were staying with hunted as do most people in Alaska. And uh, he had a huge moose head on uh, one of his, I don't know, like living room walls, mantles or whatever. And it was absolutely gnarly. What um, time of the year did you go? So we went in June. So it was perfect. It was absolutely, I couldn't have had a better trip. It was one of my favorite trips I've ever taken. It was so much fun, absolutely beautiful. And the people were so kind, so kind Mm -hmm. that we stayed with. So it was really, really nice. Loved Alaska. Highly recommend. And everyone, when I went was like, why are you in Alaska? I would never, ever go there. And I was like, well, I have friends there and they offered for us to come. And normally it wouldn't be at the top of my list either. But now I am very much a big fan of alaska highly recommend even like the air just feels different like it's so fresh 100%. and it's 100 percent. oh it's amazing i don't think i could live there though no 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 no. 
maybe like a, 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 I was going to say summer home, but even a winter home, like even if you just go or like rent a place for like a month uh, yeah. and stay for like the Christmas months or something like that, that'd be a really, really pretty place to stay. I think the darkness throws me off. Like in summer, it's bright all day, but then in winter, it's dark like You're right. all day. You want to go during the summer because yeah. when we went and it was like only dark from midnight to four and by dark yeah. I put it in quotes because it was literally like, like dim yeah yeah just dim exactly it literally looks like if if god was to take like a little dimmer to the and sun just, like, and fucking, just bring yeah. it down <laughs> a little bit so it's like still light out but a little dimmer yeah it was it was amazing i definitely want to go back sometime but yeah me too it's on my list but now it's definitely pushed back down because of you know getting to go recently yeah i also want to talk about modeling um and i guess like everything that entails like your only fans your cameo how did you like first get into that you know people always ask me this and i don't know that i have like an exact time in mind i've been kind of doing the instagram thing since before it was really a thing um i started to gain traction like my i don't know senior year of high school I don't really know how it kind of just happened. Like accounts kind of just repost your stuff type of thing. Uh, and so that, and then I, in like college, I would say, um, so this was, let's see, I graduated how long ago? How long ago did we graduate? This was uh, years ago. I don't know. Like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I graduated high school in 2013. So I graduated college. Ago. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. So, well, that was, yeah. So like seven years ago, it started to take off. So this was before like influencing was really a thing. You know, uh, I worked with the brand Arsenic, if you've ever heard of them, yeah, Arsenic yeah, Magazine. Yeah. So um, one of my friends had worked with them. They reached out to me like my freshman year of college. I was like 18, super excited that someone wanted to like shoot with me. I went to their house. They had like 10 or a dozen photographers there. It was like all glitz and glam, like huge mansion on the side of Coldwater Canyon and it was really exciting and I did that and that kind of got me some traction um they had a photographer from that clothing line dope there mm, I don't know if okay. you remember and so I made a connection there and picked up a shoot with dope and then kind of from there it's just a snowball effect like once once you're working people see that and and you get reposted and people reach out to you and, and it was a lot of doing stuff for free but just kind of getting like free products from people and then the page shoots kind of started to follow once I started to gain traction. So, you know, I had probably like 5,000 followers at this point, which back in the day was a decent amount. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of started to grow and grow and grow. And by the time I was like about to graduate college, I was, I had hit a hundred K and was like, you know, surpassing that. And, and really it was just like, uh, you, you get to know people, uh, you do things for free to start out with. And then it's kind of, like I said, a snowball effect. And, brands see that you worked with this similar brand and so they reach out to you and and um at this time there was no really like market for it you kind of just did everything on your own like now there's agencies that a lot of these influencers are signed with but at the time it was really like just learning how to negotiate for yourself and pick your price point and figure that out and so that was kind of fun to deal with for a little bit and then uh only fans so i i was actually one of the first people on only fans like a couple years ago when it first when it first started. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, so I had one a couple years, like, I think they started like five or six years ago or something like that. And I, and I got one, one of my friends started one and I started one at the same time as her. And, uh, I ended up deleting mine. 
I didn't like the blowback that came with it because at the time it had a, a kind of a different connotation. Like, of course, people still t- today are selling nudes on OnlyFans, which I think get your bag, sis, do you, if that's what makes you comfortable. Absolutely nothing against that. Um, but I didn't like that that connotation was being placed on me because it wasn't what I was doing. And regardless of if I knew that, I didn't like that other people were saying that about me because I was younger and really valued what people were saying about me. Uh, and I got wind that, you know, people that I had gone to high school with were saying things about it and it just didn't sit right with me. So I ended up deleting my account, which, so I told you one of my friends got made an account at the same time as me. She's now like in the top 0.2% bought a five bit home in San Diego, drives an Audi and a Porsche is a millionaire because she's kept hers up all these years. She's really killing it. So I actually, I brought mine back. Uh, we're almost at a month. It'll be a month in like a week, about a month ago. And, uh, it's been great, you know, a good amount of money. I I'm at a place in my life now where I don't give a shit if people think whatever they think, uh, I'm going to live my life regardless. I know what I'm comfortable with posting. I know, uh, where my value lies and it doesn't lie in what I do or do not post. Uh, and so I'm much more comfortable now and, um, it's been really beneficial. I, I am all about it. That, and I'm also on Cameo, which is that uh, video app where I can send videos to people. And don't get me wrong. Like people are creepy and gross and say really awful harassing things, but you block them. And it's something that I've learned to live with for the past like seven years. Uh, and, and I know how to carry myself in those situations now. So it's just kind of my life. I've gotten used to it really. I mean, do you like love, I mean, you love doing all this stuff, right? Like modeling and like, it, does it make you feel good? You know what? I wouldn't say that I do. Uh, really? I like, I like the money that comes with it. Right. Uh, but no, I'm not super passionate about it. I, you know, okay. But yes and no. I am passionate about what I'm passionate about. So when I'm traveling and posting stuff in my travels or when I'm cooking, or even if it's like I found a cute outfit and I'm super excited to model about it. Absolutely. What I'm not passionate about is when I feel like I have to curate content specifically to please other people as opposed to myself. So I take back what I said about not being passionate about it or not liking it. That's not true. Sometimes I feel really, um, weighted down by the pressure of needing to curate content for my follower base rather than creating content that I enjoy creating because it gets less traction or views or comments. Um, And unfortunately that matters um, not to me, but to brands that I would like to work. Um, So yeah, I, I do. It's really fun and I really enjoy doing it but it also has some consequences that I don't love. And, and sometimes it does feel like a job. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, you sit there and you're like, I wish I kind of just had like a personal account where I went to dinner with my friends and I'd love to post about it, but I don't really get the option to do stuff like that because my, my posts need to be curated so that they generate traction and uh, comments and whatever. So more people are willing to work with me. So that gets a little difficult. Um, Obviously anyone who's listening to this, I don't want anyone to think that I'm ungrateful for one second. Um, That's not my intention whatsoever. I'm simply saying there's, there are aspects of it that people don't necessarily realize until you're living it yourself. And then you feel that pressure and, and it kind of takes the fun away from social media that say someone w- without only a couple 
thousand followers would maybe get to have. I mean, you could argue that for a musician, you could argue that for a comedian, like any, I feel like anything entertainment related is always going to have, honestly, anything in life, I feel like has aspects of it that are less desirable, you know, but I, I think it's like whatever industry, you know, I'm in music, you're in like modeling and a bunch of other stuff. And like, I, it's rewarding. And I think there's like a lot of opportunity there. Has your like mental health suffered at the cot, like for like modeling and stuff, like maybe like body Absolutely. image or like self-esteem? Yeah. I, so, I mean, I think I, I, it would be safe to say any 25 year old woman feels pressures from society about their body and compares themselves via social media. Uh, the differences with modeling that I've had to deal with that have been very difficult for me and have had quite an impact on my mental health uh, are I get people, people think that because I have a large, larger follower base, they can say whatever they want and I won't see it. Uh, or they say it because they think they're hidden behind a screen and they're never going to meet me and it doesn't matter. But there have been some very, very hurtful comments and DMs and, my ex-boyfriends have gotten DMs from people of people just being malicious, very unkind and saying just hurtful, awful things. And sometimes it's really easy to just like let it roll off your back. But when you have like hundreds of people in your DM saying you're fat or lose weight, or I liked you when you looked like this, you've put on some weight or whatever, even the good stuff, when people are commenting and they're like, I can tell you've been working out. Like you look really good. I can tell you've lost a lot of weight. What's your secret. When people are, you can tell people are placing so much value on what you look like. It's really difficult for you to be able to then make that separation of my value is not placed in my body. My value is placed in the fact that I'm a good human and I'm a kind friend and people love me. It's you, it's really easy to get sucked into, well, people like me better when I'm 10 pounds less. Like I need to make sure that I'm 10 pounds less or else I'm not going to have friends or else people aren't going to like me. And it's really difficult to get out of that mindset. It's something that I'm working through in therapy because it's really difficult to, to disassociate yourself from that when it's been, you know, hounded into you for seven plus years now. Yeah, I, I think, like, again, like, this, like, entertainment industry can, like, boost your self-confidence, but it can also, like, just as easily, like, one second later, completely, like, rip it away. I mean, I, I can't speak from experience, like, the same things that you've experienced, but, I mean, I'm sure it's not, like, I'm sure there's some awful shit that people say. And Yeah, know, and, and you know what, and, and I don't want to harp on all the negatives because – people also say some really wonderful things to me and I've made some really good friends through social media also like just someone DM'd me and said, you know, I've been following you for a while and I love your energy and I'd love to hang out type of thing. And I hung out with her and we're friends now. So it's not to say that social media is a terrible thing and, and I, it has opened so many doors for me and given me so many opportunities, but it does have a very large impact on my mental health. And it's something that I really, really want to focus on and something that I don't know that I will always be in social media, you know, um, long-term we'll see. Uh, it's all about figuring out ways to make it work for you. And if it doesn't figuring out how to change that. Yeah. And I think it's hard. I mean, I want to keep touching on the mental health thing. Like a lot of people our age and like, no matter what 
you're doing right now, like it's hard for us to like, I feel like address mental health and they're starting to become like a more of an awareness to it. I mean, I started therapy like middle of this year when I went through my breakup and like, I was so turned off to like the word therapy for so long because I had like this negative connotation to it. I was like, Oh, like I I felt kind of weak. I don't know if it was like my pride or something. I was like, do I really like need someone else to tell me how to do this? And then I would like vent to my friends and like, I'm like, Oh, this is basically like therapy. Why am I going to pay to do it? But like, it's so different. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It isn't. And, and I'm such a big fan. I will tell everyone until I'm blue in the face, they should go to therapy, whether you are absolutely in love with your life and everything about it or not. I think there is no negative to talking to someone about when life does get difficult and, and what that is and what it means and how to deal with it. Um, yeah, I am all about it. And it's one of the things that I'm really excited that I get to talk about on my platform. Since I have a larger platform, I post about going to therapy all the time. I posted something like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago saying, you know, I've been going to therapy. I love her so much. I just finished a session tonight. It was really fantastic. I'm feeling really great. If anyone has ever considered it and it wasn't sure, like, this is your sign type of thing. Because you know what? Sometimes that's what you need. You need like the universe to give you the sign that says, hey, value yourself and value your mental health and do something about it. Because I know that I need that sometimes. So if I can help one single person, that makes it fulfilling to me and it's, it, it's worth it. So how do you, how else do you like cope with like stress and anxiety and whatever I, else? I hang know? out with my friends. <clears throat> I realize I'm my best self when I'm around my friends and that only works if your friends have your best interest at heart. I've done a really good job over the last couple of years of kind of limiting my circle and uh, really going for quality friendships over quantity. Like when I was in high school and beginning years of college, it was all about, I want to be friends with everyone. I want to go to every social event. I want to go to every party, which I think is very typical and it's great. And then you kind of learn to scale that back and then you scale it back a little bit more. And then you find that you have like your circle and I realize when I'm around them, I feel my absolute best because they love me. They have my absolute best interest at heart. They have tough conversations with me when they need to be had. And uh, I know that I am growing even just by hanging out with them. So that's one way I cope. I cook. Uh, that is one of my absolute favorite things. That's kind of my me time. It's my hobby. I sit there. I recipe develop. I test things. It tastes good. When you're done, you get to eat something. Um, and, and then I usually put on a podcast or some music and put it on the speaker in my kitchen. And I just sit there and I chop and I saute. And that is just like, like such cathartic. a coping mechanism yeah. for me. It is really cathartic for me. Um, and then I exercise quite a bit. I make sure to move my body every single day. Um, even on the days where it's like, I can't even get out of bed. I make sure to at least go for a walk around the block or something. Uh, But for the most part, I do a a pretty intense workout every single day. And I feel so much better on the days that I do that. I've been very consistent about it for like a year and a half now. Um, And I notice a big difference when I don't work out. Now I like, I crave that release because my body needs it. I have all this pent up energy and stuff. And, you know, it's scientifically proven when you work out, you you release dopamine and serotonin, you know, the the happy um, chemicals. So... Yeah, I mean, sometimes it is hard, like, to get out of bed and, like, force yourself to go to the gym, but, like, once you're there and after that workout, you just feel, like, so relaxed, so much better, and, like, you, like, 
I mean, yeah, serotonin and dopamine release. Absolutely. And you know how, what I do about that is a perfect example. Yesterday I was talking to my therapist actually, and she was asking me how my week was. And I said, you know, Tuesday was really hard. I'm also going through a breakup right now, which you know, but to let everyone know. And I was saying Tuesday was really hard. I had one of those days. I told her every morning I wake up uh, and I write down three things I'm grateful for. I've been doing that for about a year now. Um, and there's a lot of science behind it if you look it up. Um, but it, it basically, when you think about and you're mindful of what you're grateful for, you carry that with you throughout your day and you're more likely to have a good day. And there's a bunch of science behind it. So I wake up every day and before I check my phone, I write down the three things I'm grateful for. And I told her Tuesday was a really hard day. And I wrote down the thing that I was grateful for was getting out of bed when I didn't want to. That's all I could come up with. Normally, it's like I have these really great, intricate answers. I'm grateful that I could just spend time with my friends, or I'm grateful that I had that really yummy slice of pizza, or whatever. Uh, but my my answer was I was grateful that I could get myself out of bed because it was really difficult. And you know, I ended up going to the gym that day because, and this is my my number one tip is I plan my workouts like a week in advance, and I plan them with a friend, so I have some sort of accountability. It's not all the time most of the time. So Tuesday I had booked a class with one of my friends. Barry's is doing like outdoor workouts, COVID approved and whatever. And I had to go because I had already paid for it. And my friend texted me and was like, are you on your way? So that's my number one thing. My coping mechanisms on the days where I don't even feel like getting out of bed. I still went and did a workout because I, I really had to. And I felt like a new person after I smiled right. for the first time that day because I had moved my body. I felt like I had done something, gotten something done for the day. So big, big tip. You're also big on like reading and stuff too, because I've taken definitely a few of your book recommendations. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm glad we, yeah, we just talked about a book the other day. Uh, I am trying my hardest to become the best Christina I could be. I've learned that uh, I can try and use all these external factors to make myself happy. But if I'm not happy with me, it just doesn't work. And that's true of my friendships, of my relationship with my mom, of my relationships but romantically, uh, I am my best version when I'm working on being my best version. So I love to read. I like self-help books. I also like fiction. I like sitting down with a novel instead of watching TV. Uh, I want to continue to learn. I was just having this conversation with someone the other day. I miss, I wish I was this age going to college where I like really value education because I miss learning new things, like sitting down and having someone teach me a concept and me be like, Oh, I've never heard of that before. Like I would love to learn more about that. And those moments are so limited now, now that we're not in school anymore. So I'm trying to do that on my own and it's been really fun and I'm finding new things that are exciting to me that I didn't ever really think would be like reading. Like I love a good self-help book now and I'm so okay with admitting that. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So even right now, like I'm reading a breakup book and I'm telling everyone about it because I think it's fantastic. And I think breakups are really hard and you shouldn't have to try and figure out how to do it on your own. Everybody goes through them. So yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of embarrassment that people feel about like self-help books, but I am all about them. But yeah, touching back on the whole school thing, like, I mean, I have always loved like being in class and like in that environment. And like, even like when we had argumentation, like that class was so much fun to me. Like I loved Bowman was class. great and the class was great. And I felt like I was like taking in a lot of like, you know, like learning and stuff. And that was, that to me felt good. Like I, like, I felt good leaving school every day. I, I agree so much and I miss it. 
I really realize I value that a lot. And it's something that I'm trying to continue now, but on my own. And, and that's where a lot of reading comes into is I'm constantly reaching out to people and being like, especially when I have a good conversation with someone sitting down and being like, Oh, you recommended that, or you would reference this book when we were talking, like, what is that? Can you recommend it? I'd love to read more. And, and I've, I've now have friendships. Like I said, I've kind of brought my circle down. I've learned the friendships of, of the people who help me grow are the ones who do like recommend books or shows or podcasts or things where I continue to learn. And the people who just want to go clubbing or just go to lunch or whatever and talk about, you know, that surface level stuff really weren't adding value to my life. So while they're great and I don't mind seeing them every couple of months or so, it's not someone that I need to be talking to every single day. Yeah. So I have a pretty heavy question um, talking okay. about this whole thing. I mean, cause this is something I had asked myself the other day. What is your biggest failure in your, in the last year, I guess, or, or overall, or maybe in the past 10 years, whatever timeline works for you, but. I, I got it, but you know, it, I thought it was going to take me a second, but it didn't. And it's kind of what I'm working through in therapy. And it's kind of what I've said a second ago. I, this past year I placed, I've, I, I realized that I put other people's needs before my own. And I've really failed to make, make myself a priority in my own life and in my relationships, friendships, familial relationships, and romantic relationships. And I've really failed having my own back. I am really, really great at having my friends' backs or having my partner's back. And I will always show up, sometimes to a fault. Uh, and I realize that I don't do that for myself. And that's something that I'm really focused on is figuring out how to show up for myself rather than expecting someone to do what I do for them. Yeah. I mean, it felt like when I asked myself the other day, I was like, do I really want to, you know, if, but it felt, it was therapeutic to like reflect on that. And I think I kind of had like the same, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. So like I was breaking my back for all these people that definitely didn't appreciate like me or what I like had to offer. And like, so I like, I just had to remove them from my life. And, and you, you know what I realized is most of the time people don't even realize that they're not appreciating it. It's not that they don't appreciate you. It's that um, they're not even realizing there's something to appreciate because you've done it for so long or because they've had someone do that for them for so long, which is not my burden to bear or, or, or not my issue. My issue is simply... Uh, I still want to show up for you. I still want to be there for you and be a good friend and someone that you can rely on and be altruistic and, and put your needs first part of the time. But I also need to be able to then balance that with saying, Hey, I'm choosing me this time and I'm going to set this boundary. And you know, I, I, that this isn't working for me as opposed to just, you know, kind of letting people live their lives around me uh, and going with it because it's so easy to do that. It's so much harder to, to set that boundary and say, I love you so much, but this isn't working. Let's, let's pivot and figure out how to make this work for the both of us. Cause right now it's just working for you. So, right. well, words of wisdom. That was a, <laughs> I do have to wrap it up. Um, but this has been a lot of fun. Um, plug, plug your socials. Sure. That and uh, follow me on Instagram to see all that curated content I was talking about. It is my first name, which is Christina with a K underscore and my last name Ewing, which is E W I N G. And then, uh, yeah, really just Instagram. You can find me from there. I have a link to all my other accounts through there. So 
Awesome. Thank you.